This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and we're coming to you. Well, days after we got a right good hammering <laughs> at home. I should be laughing, you know, nervous laughter yet again. At home to Wolverhampton Wanderers who came down. Some people said it was a must-not-lose game. Well, if it was a must-not-lose game, we completely and utterly fluffed our lines there because we didn't only lose, we actually got smashed to pieces by Wolverhampton Wanderers. It was all over by the uh, counting after, I don't know, probably. Well, that's saying that. No, it wasn't. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Anyway, my name's Billy Grant. I'm actually sitting here overlooking the sea it's all tropical to me like you know i was down in the south coast with the south coast bees actually just getting ready to make my way up to palace tomorrow but i just thought i'd actually take in the sea air and actually get those wolverhampton vibes out of my body at the moment now and i'm sitting here in the in the virtual joint the seaside virtual joint with the man lady in the house how are you i'm all right full of cold i'm not happy about that but yeah i'm okay uh oh yeah we need to uh we need to exercise this wolves ghost don't we before we play palace and hopefully it gets a little bit better um very very different to this time last year yeah most most definitely last year was uh i'd just say actually last year saying that we were actually down here i was uh in in the south coast as well and we went to brighton for boxing day and there were no trains and we were moaning, moaning about going to a Brighton match, trying to struggling to get to a Brighton match. Yet again, it's like it seemed to be a yearly fixture for us, doesn't it? Was that last year or year before? I think that was last year, wasn't it? I think it was last year. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it all sort of turned up. Yeah, exactly. It all starts to merge into one now, doesn't it, Laney? Yeah, so, it, was, uh, it was the first year, I think, you find. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, yeah, anyway, but, yeah, I think it probably wasn't, but it doesn't really matter. Anyway, that's not the point. Anyway, we've got Allard in the house as well. Yep, how I'm all right. Yeah, I'm 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 not full of cold. I'm feeling quite healthy, which is unusual for Christmas week. And um, yeah, it's been it was a tough it was a tough night at the office, wasn't it? All right, it was uh, it was quite tough, you know. But we we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll get it off our chest. Like I said to you, because it's uh, it's festive greeting period now as well. Now we're just gonna we're gonna we're just gonna all the way through. Actually, we're just gonna do sort of a semi mini pod today to talk about walls because we need to get that off our chest, and then we have a little look forward to the Palace game. So listen, let's go away, let's come back, and then we're gonna get straight in and talk about walls. Mm-hmm. 
Wolverhampton Wanderers came to New Griffin Park. They weren't expecting loads. I mean, they'd just beaten Chelsea, but they hadn't won in London for, I think it was about 14 games. And so they came there with their sort of kind of, not say tails between their legs, but they weren't expecting loads. And to be quite honest with you, they got not exactly what they were expecting. They got much more than they were expecting. And, uh, you know, to be fair, you know, the game didn't go according to plan. I mean, we're going to sit down. There's been lots and lots of discussion about a lot of things about that game. Um, and it didn't go according to plan. But, you know, but what I will say is because I was, you know, I was, you know, listen, I was expecting to get something out of that game. I was hoping we'd get a draw. You know, we got well and truly bashed up. The goals that went in were proper giveaway goals. At least three of the goals were giveaway goals. You can argue that the four of them was as well. You know, when we when we do the traditional, when the opposition do the traditional cross across the area uh, with no one to actually defend it. And then the, the defender puts the ball in the back of the net. We've seen so many of those goals given away by Brentford. So you can argue there's four goals given away by us in that game. Um, but the, the frustrating things for me about that game is, first of all, is that Wolves had four shots and they got four goals. Uh, and B, also, they, they scored actually very, very early on. They scored relatively early in the game. And when you score early on, that really puts you on the front foot. When you score your second goal, when literally the opposition give the ball to you, right, then you're absolutely laughing. And I think that's what we did to Wolverhampton pretty much from the kickoff. We basically gave the ball to them. Collins gave the ball to them and said, there you go. Thank you very much. And then we, they put the ball in the back of the net. They're 2-0 up very early on in the game. So we're going to have our backs up against the wall. So all of a sudden, you've got to change your game to try and get yourself back into the game, which we did very quickly as well. But it makes it really, really difficult. We made a number of mistakes, and we'll talk about that later, which put us on the massively on the back foot. But I'm going to argue to say that I don't think we were as bad as what I thought we were when I watched the game, because I watched the game back for the first. I hardly watched the game back, but I actually watched the game back, the extended highlights. I watched them back um, yesterday. And actually, I thought, actually, to be honest with you, I thought we were horrendous. And I didn't think we were horrendous. Yeah, defensively, we made some terrible mistakes. And yes, Maupe didn't keep the ball up and everything like that. But he made a he made a wicked assist for the goal, right? Really nice little cushioned pass that he made for the goal. And I just didn't think that we were nearly as bad as we um, are. And I definitely don't think that we were four goals to the badness in that game. Because we played, I think, a lot worse and come away with a lot less of a score. Yeah, lad. Yeah, I, 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 I understand what you're saying. I... There's an argument that says maybe you draw, you could have drawn three or I think the XG kind of backs that up, isn't it? It's about 2.6 to 2.4 or something like that to us. That's, that's um, right. Yeah, 2.23 to 2.69. Yeah. So Wolves got yeah. 2.69, we've got 2.23, which is, I mean, not be funny. It means that we created quite a lot of high opportunity chances to, you know, to have scored at least three goals in that game. Yeah, we did, but we didn't score them. Um, and that, and that, you know, that's not good. So you say so you can put that into not playing very well. We didn't score the chances. Um, you can say the defence. I, th- I don't think we played with that back four ever before. So that was a massive gamble. Um, it didn't, I don't think it paid off. I'm, you, you can blame individual errors for the actual goals. But in general, I thought Wolves came at us in the, for the first 20, 25 minutes. Once they were three goals for the good, of course, they didn't have to do it so much. Um, and I, 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 when I looked at the team, I was thinking, got us left wing back, fine. Got a, you know, when you've got three centre backs, you've got someone behind him a bit. Left back, I don't know. I don't know about that. And and I don't really think Roslev is, is strong enough at the moment to play at right back. I think he'd be probably be okay at right wing back, as we've seen in the last um, games here and there. So I, I yeah, I, I think it's slightly rose tinted spectacles there, Bill. I, I, I don't think we were that great. Um, but we weren't disastrously bad. 
And and the best news is we know what we did wrong, and that makes it much easier to put right. Yeah, I mean, just coming back to that, I mean, we had a discussion before the game, me and Laney, on the podcast, and we were trying to just sort of kind of all together what team we're going to play and also I did it on the Wolves podcast as well and I said to them I said I said I'll be honest with you I actually don't know what defend because I said we got you know defenders out we've got Ben Mee's just come out you know he's just come in and he would have kind of sort of played in a particular position you know I said I said you know we normally go four at the back against Wolverhampton Wanderers and I said but I you know I, you know if we're going to put the Collins in I, I don't even know if he could play right back I've got no idea you know, um, obviously, well, we didn't put him as right back. I said, you know, I said, like, you know, will Roslev go as right back? I'm not sure whether or not he could be. And it was one of those dilemmas where you're thinking, what is Thomas going to do? Is he going to change his normal plans and maybe go, you know, five at the back, stroke three, stroke five at the back, just because of the personnel we've got? Or is he going to stick to what he normally does and try and sort of shoehorn some people in? And he obviously did the shoehorn. Question, why don't you think that he went five at the back, um, the Allard? Um, I think because, for example, what you said, we don't play five at the back against um, Wolves. We play play that against teams that are normally in the top six or seven, although Wolves are getting not a million miles away from that now. So I think I think he stuck with the plan, which is go four three three. I think I I, I I don't understand why Damsgaard didn't start. Maybe there's a fitness thing. I think that if Damsgaard starts, can he play Yan out maybe at left back? I I it felt to me like with the players available, what we did in the second half might have been a better way to start which is so what, do know, do, yeah. what do we do in the well, second we half put, we, so Yanel dropped into defence Godos actually played in midfield in the second half um, and, and maybe that would have given us a you know a bit a, a bit of better balance I don't know it's, uh, I, it, it's, it's difficult to understand the thinking behind Damsgaard not playing yeah. I, I don't really get that Yarmouk I thought the game passed him by he had a couple of good runs but in general I thought it passed him by and in a way that was sort of his game to have the support of Norgard and Jan out in midfield to give him the freedom to sort of play a really attacking role and I I don't think it came off and maybe there was some tactical thinking there but I just felt the back four didn't look strong enough um, that it, it worried me from the minute it was announced and it was obvious that was the way we were going to play um, and again the individual levers, we all know about that, but I just felt I just felt it wasn't well balanced. Laney, I mean, you know, we, we we sort of stand next to each other in those stands there, and uh, you know, from very early on, it was looking pretty glum and pretty pretty grim, you know. But the the weird thing about that game is, you know, listen, you know, and I hear what Allard says about the frustrations of the game, and listen, I'm not I'm not denying that defensively we're all over the place because I think defensively we are. You know, I brought one of my new football coaches Zara down there to the game, and you know, and she's never seen us play before live, and you know, she said to me. I said to her, what do you think? I said, look, you know, she says, oh, you know, your defence, they, they look like, you know, kind of they've just come out of the academy. She goes, they just look kind of really green, like they don't really know what they're doing. And that's kind of her just sort of kind of very sort of kind of fresh approach on the game. And and I think, yes, we can't deny that. But I think in other areas of the park, you know, we still kind of look, potentially cause, well, we were causing a few, few problems, um, you know, uh, KLP. You know, it's causing problems and, you know, and getting himself into the right place, which just didn't, didn't seem to have the backup all the time, which is quite annoying. But I mean, lady, during that game, until we went sort of 3-1 down, which again, we shouldn't have gone 3-1 down because that was a complete fluff, you know, giving the ball to them straight from a goal kick so that they could put the ball back in into the back of the net. It's just nonsense. But other than that, I always thought up to that stage, we were still very much in the game, didn't you? Well, I, thought, I mean, from a personal point of view, the minute I saw the team sheet, I just kind of like raised my eyebrows. I was just like, nah, that's that's not a premiership team, you know, that's not going to win you many games. It, it, and uh, um, to be fair, I, I hear what you're saying, I hear what Matt said, and, I, you know, 
we, we, we would have got something out there if we hadn't created those ridiculous mistakes. You know, that, that, that's, that's, the, that's the galling thing. You, you take the two Collins fluffs and um, that awful goal kick, which basically just brought pressure straight back on us. They just walk straight through the middle of us. And um, um, then we get a point and, we, you know, we, you could say we could, we could win that if we'd, had create, we'd taken our own chances. So give them no chances, take all our chances, then, then we win that game. Um, but football doesn't work like that. And we, we looked naive. We looked, we looked ill-prepared, ill-equipped. Um, unfortunately, Wolves didn't have to do a lot. Um, to, to beat us, to be to be fair, they're a good team. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not knocking them. Um, it, it, it was just, it was a, it was a grim. I mean, I, you say we got, we got battered. We, we the scoreline suggests we did. I, I, I don't think. I, I think the game was more even than than we um, could have expected from that team. And I, when I look at the team, I, I thought that they were gonna. Um, you know, I, I always look at a weak team and think, oh, we're going to get done here. But they never do. They only lose by a goal, an odd goal. So I was a bit surprised that we, you know, we lost by more than that odd goal. But those those mistakes were just awful. And it was until the third goal, um, sorry, until the fourth goal went in, I thought there was a sniff because I think if we get a second goal, we were really piling on the pressure. We were coming at them in waves. And if we get we get a second goal, then you know this, you know, you know what football's like. You, you might be able to get a third. Um, and it was it was similar to you know I don't know if you watched the Man United Aston Villa game when as soon as momentum changes and you you get you get a lucky break or you get get a goal um, you know football football sometimes does serve up those those kind of like turnaround matches but the fourth goal you saw uh, every Brentford player fall to their knees it was it wasn't quite a trotter penalty fluff like capitulation on the pitch but. They were giving their all, and they knew at that stage that was that was it got beyond them. I, they did try hard. You you can't ever you can't ever um, knock that team for 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 believing and not and not giving up. But fourth goal was was just the shot shot in the head, and um, yeah, it was it was a it was a tough watch, Bill. Yeah. Okay. Let, let, let's let's go to the fans after the game to hear what they had to say because you always get good opinions from the fans on the terraces. They tell you straight what their thoughts are. Okay. It might be a little bit emotional, but that's that's part of the point. So let's hear what they had to say straight after the match. I think we created more chances for Wolves than we did for ourselves, didn't we? I think that was part of the problem. There were a lot of individual errors at the back. We looked disjointed. We don't didn't look coherent as a unit. The midfield didn't look coherent as a unit. The defence, Nathan Collins had an absolute nightmare. We basically gifted them four goals. We did create some stuff, but Lewis Potter gets three. I think he gets the ball across three times. There's nobody gambling in there to get on the end of that. And you have to feel that if if Tony was there, he would have had a couple of goals in that first 10, 15 minutes. My biggest frustration about today, we were so good against Villa. We were so threatening. And as you say, when we we always felt that we could come back into it, and yet the ball, the final ball was delivered into areas, and the two attackers whistled to an extent as well. But yeah, Neil, Neil was just on a different wavelength today. Clearly not what we need. Uh, I think others suggested it. We we got no pace there at the moment, so I, I don't know what to say. But the biggest frustration for me, we were so poor against. Uh, today and we were so good against Villa it was just and it was just a catalogue of errors. Uh, I thought that uh, Keane Lewis Potter had a really good game I thought he looked dangerous um, best game I've seen him play uh, this season I think 
I think obviously getting more games is giving him more confidence. So he, he he's a big plus. I thought Wissa had a good game today. First half particularly looked dangerous two or three times. I think he faded second half. Neil does his usual 100%, but I just think sometimes he's a little bit lacking in that. Unless it's like a tap-in or something like that. His um, approach plays good, but he's not really going to score you 10 goals a season, I think. And uh, I think that's probably what Brighton and Everton found out. But, you know, he makes the team. He, he, he tries. You can't fault him or any of the players for their effort today. I feel for Nathan Collins. I mean... Who, who wants to give that do that sort of thing you know twice uh, give the ball away really he obviously he wanted to do well against his old club and uh, it didn't happen tonight there you have it fans giving you their thoughts straight after that game um, like I said a little bit of nervousness now people because we're you know we I think we came into the the, 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 the pre-Christmas period 10 points off relegation obviously Luton have won a couple of matches now and like I think we're four points off the relegation zone something like that we've, got, we've still got a game in hand um, again you know me I don't I don't fear I don't worry you know and it's not because I'm sort of kind of the arrogance of the bees it's just that I just think it's a long season we've got some good players we've got good players coming back and teams at the bottom you know unless they absolutely turn things around do not go on massive, massive, massive runs and just turn it around. I think the last thing that did it was in the Championship was actually Nottingham Forest, where I think they were bottom at Christmas and they end up, I think, getting to the playoffs. Or getting into the, I think, yeah, they got the playoffs, I think it was, which was pretty amazing for Steve Cooper, it has to be said. But he's not at Forest anymore. Um, we should move on. Um, but in general, I'm thinking I don't necessarily think it's going to be a problem for us. However, for our san- sanity, for our players' sanity, we need to get some points back into the bag. Just Let's just, just look at what was uh, going on in this game. So Brentford... We were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from through balls as well. We committed a high number of individual errors. As for, as, as for, as for to Wolverhampton Wanderers, they stole the ball from the opposition often. Uh, they're, effective, they're effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities through individual skill and from long shots, and they were strong at finishing. They gave away a lot of free kicks around our box, or their, their own box as well, and they were caught offside often. Uh, looking at their top players, were all the top players in that game, according to whoscored.com, were all Wolves players. Okay. He Chan got 8.3, Kahuna 8.2, Lamina 8.1, uh, uh, Nui 7.7, and Yao Gomez 7.6. So we weren't even in the runnings there, to be honest with you. As well, you know, total shots, Kahuna got three, Visa got two. But interestingly, the tackles, though, and this probably goes to show you where kind of the battle was won. Yao Gomez. How many tackles do you think Yao Gomez made in the game, the Allard? Um, I don't know. Eight. Ten tackles, okay. Wow. Ten tackles in the game. You know, the next biggest tackler after him was uh, Yanelt with four, and then Rosliff with three, Norgard with three, and Lamina with three. So Yao Gomez uh, was getting stuck right in. You know what I'm saying? And maybe kind of, you know, could have been the difference between the two. So well, it wasn't the only difference, but it was obviously a massive difference between the two sides because obviously we were, uh, well, we, we obviously was giving the ball away quite a lot, you know, and he was getting right sorted. In that round. Um, just coming back to that match again, though. So, I mean, the, Allard, the Wolves game, a one-off or slightly worrying? Because a lot of people were saying, looking forward to Palace game, you know, you know, we'll be lucky if we get away with a 2-1 loss or a 3-1 loss. I mean, what are you saying? Um, I think the Palace game is a game to get through. And then I think after that, you've got three weeks off in the league um, and um, you can come back 
you know, with a few players, hopefully, coming back from injury, certain player, possibly, you know, although that could just become a whole fucking circ- circus, couldn't it? Um, I've been telling you talking back, about. Yeah, 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 coming back from, you know, coming back from a ban. I mean, w- which could be a really, and that could be a really bad circus that distracts us even more, to be honest. That needs to be, something needs to be done in the next, literally in the next week to actually tell us what is going on um, but we'll, let's, we'll come back to that in a minute. But do you know what I mean? It, it, I, I don't want that to become a circus. If it doesn't, uh, for the Forest game, I think we'll, you know, Ben Mee will be back, won't he? So, so there'll be players starting to drift back in. There'll be players that should be fitter. Um, I mean, even when you look at Collins, I don't know how fit he was. You know, I think he was, he didn't, he's only played, what, 10, what did he play, 10 or 15 minutes or something before he played that game last night since he's come back from injury. And I don't, I don't want to make... I'm not trying to make excuses for him because he did make mistakes. He'll know he made mistakes. He doesn't need us to tell him that. Um, but he, he, I'm not sure how fit he was, really. Uh, I, I, I think it was a punt to put him in. I, uh, I, don't, I don't see that was a one-off either. I mean, it, it wasn't. it's not a one-off that we've been too weak, you know, and we've literally been, you know, scratching our heads, thinking, how is this, how is this team going to cope? You know, you take Brian and Bumo out of out of what was, you know, you go up to the Brighton game, and we're we're still we're still in there. You know, we 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 beaten Luton, then we go to Brighton, and then we lose in Bumo, and then after that, you know, Sheffield United away. It was, you know, we, it, it, it that wasn't the Brentford team that we would pick, and then Villa. You know, I think the narrow defeats uh, have masked things. I think, you know, I think. It, 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 again, if we if we if we we didn't make those calamitous mistakes in those games, so it looks a lot tighter. We're not a million miles away from it, and and as Matt said, you know we've got we've got a break after the Crystal Palace game where some of those sort of returning walking wounded can come back in. And I agree, you know the the Ivan Tony thing is going to be a circus. It's going to dominate all of that trans skies transfer um, coverage from the first of January to the last day probably. Even if he signs a new contract, I'm sure people are going to come in for him. So um, I think it's I think it's going to be a huge distraction. But whether that affects the team or not, that probably may not because we've got used to adapting without him. But we, we if, if if he is going to go, we need to bring someone in because clearly, you know, and I, as much as I love him, more pay is not the answer, is he? No. no. Well, no. I mean, at the moment now, you know, he, he could do better, as they say. And like I said to you, we're sort of kind of uh, we're treading water a little bit. I mean, it's interesting where you were talking about. I mean, we saw Sergi Canos scored a goal for Valencia, a very good goal as well. Smashed it into the top corner, as well. And obviously, Sergi went, you know, with our blessing to a certain extent, even though it probably didn't end on the best of notes. Uh, but the interesting thing is that you know we've had Malpay, not Malpay, we've had um, Godos come back on a free transfer um, because he was a free agent because we let him go, but we needed him. The irony is that maybe if Sergi Connors was uh, was around, we might have actually pulled him back at that same no. stage, don't you think? No, no, I don't. I, no. I, 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 I don't <laughs> no. think Canos left with the best will of no. the, of, you know. No, no, no. I'm just saying, if, if, I mean, if those if those situations hadn't happened, I'm talking about the, the type of player that he oh, is, the fact that we got Malpe in. We'll be probably I, playing him at left back anyway. <laughs> I'll be honest. If Sergi Canos, if if Sergi Canos was around and history hadn't happened, he would have played in every game more or less yeah. this season wouldn't he he'd yeah. have been, actually been almost a perfect player to to fit in where he needs to fit in he could have played in the front three but anyway that that's happened that's moved on but yeah i do sort of take your point 
but I don't think it's a, a, a relevant point, if that makes <laughs> no, sense. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making a point how interestingly how things sort of kind of swing. You just never know what's going to happen when certain players leave and they go. But anyway, the reason I'm coming back to this point is um, we're talking about personnel. And there's a lot of sort of sniffings around from people, even maybe people from within our camp who are basically saying that they're not overly happy with the recruitment that's happened recently and potentially it could have been better. Now, what I turn around and I say, it's easier to say certain things in hindsight. You would never know that we're going to get six, seven, eight, nine players injured. You know, if you even had half that amount of players injured, we'd be a completely different team. Uh, and also the other thing is that if you're talking about signing players, if you sign players, then players have to leave. People have to go. You've got to either put them out on loan or you've got to just get rid of them completely. So the scenario is that do you think, in retrospect, we have been a little bit kind of um, not quite on the money with the signings as we should be um, up to this point? You know, we, we spent a lot of time chasing Brennan Johnson. We spent a lot of time chasing other players and we didn't get them. And we've kind of left in this situation now where we haven't got a full back to left back to sort ourselves out we haven't got you know player up front who may be able to step in what do you think uh yeah well sorry go you go first matt no i mean it feels to me the squad is it's definitely two players light because um there's no reason for charlie far to be in the squad but he is um and good um there's no sign of him playing so so taking all the injuries out there could have been two players in those two positions so i would say potentially we could have had two other fit players, if that makes sense. Um, we, we, I mean, it was it was well documented, and we spoke about it on the podcast. We were in for big money deals, um, uh, and they didn't they didn't materialise. You know, we were in for like th- high twenties and thirties and early forty millions, I think. And uh, you know, we couldn't offer the, the players involved um, uh, European football. I mean, that, that's that's the problem. We're we're caught in no man's land where, um, you know, we, we go for players that are going to transform us into the next level. Hopefully, um, they don't really want to come because they're they're looking at you know they're looking at further up the food chain, um, and then we're so we kind of we're on top of the uh, injury crisis. You, you're right. We we, we do look light. Um, the, the, you know, having our best player uh, sidelined as well doesn't help. Um, it compounds the problem. Um, it, it was always going to be a case. I think if you take if you take twenty goals out of this team, we, we were always going to struggle. Um, it took a while for it to become clear because we started off all right, and there was goals coming from Bumo and Wisa. But the, the further the, the, the squad's been stretched, and the fatigue and the injuries. And then the amount of fixtures that's 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 happened in the last couple of weeks, when when we're at our on our knees, it, it just it compounds it all. Um, yeah, I, I, we do look weak. Um, we do look light in that squad. We've, I guess we are fortunate. January is here. It's a, it is an opportunity to, to rectify some of that, but we know that that's not always the case. January um, is a time where we don't really like doing a lot of business. But I, I'd say that we have to this time, Matt. Yeah, and I think there's a little bit of a conundrum, isn't there? Because because Rico obviously isn't going to play um, at any point this season, so Tony can come in for him into the 25 if Tony stays. Part of that again, um, and that leaves maybe two spots unless you start selling players that are literally playing or injured. If do, do you know what I mean? Because it's it's basically the two spots are, um, are far and good. Everybody else is playing or injured. Yeah, yeah, and it's and again, it's a case of you know you sell them, do you do, do you loan them out, you know, and what do you do? And I think this is the conundrum that we're in here because I, I think it's very easy for people to say we should be just signing players, but it's a case that you know 
you know, what do you do? You, you, you ain't going to get you ain't going to get a twenty goal striker just like that. You know, and if you do, you know, it means that he's going to be your prime premium striker, which means that you know your players like Shardo and them not. You know, does that mean that they become sort of kind of bench players? You know, if Ivan Tony stays, then then what happens? You know, there's so many there's so many sort of questions that we ask. We can't answer those questions. The interesting thing though is that um, I think Phil Giles uh, or was it Lee Dykes, one of the sort of kind of recruitment staff people. They, they did a little kind of interview. I think it was Lee Dykes and they, they were interviewed into the sort of kind of the transfer process, uh, transfer window process. And, you know, he, he reiterated what we already know. You know, we don't necessarily like doing business. We don't do business in this window and we won't do a deal unless a, a good deal comes about, you know, because it's this is more of a selling window than a buying window, as he said. And they won't buy unless they feel that we are in grave danger because they'd rather do a business in, um, in in the summer than do business now. And I think this really now comes down to, <laughs> and I know a lot of people are going to hate this, but it's down to their mathematics, whether or not they believe, even with the squad that we've got now, whether or not we were in trouble. I know for a fact is that if they feel that even with what we've got now, even losing 4-1 to Wolves and losing such and such a games and doing so on and so forth, they'll probably look at the XG, sort it as 2.2 something and say, listen, we're doing the right things. It went horribly wrong for us. It won't happen again. We only need to get four more wins and we're fine. And they'll probably leave it. And they probably won't sign another player. They might get somebody if they can do. So, for example, if a striker comes about and they can sign that striker, he said, if we, I think they were looking at the um, um, the, 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 the geezer at Chelsea, whatever his name was, um, um, situation where we didn't sign him at the right time. And also Brennan Johnson, we could have signed him for a particular fee and we didn't. And then the price went up. And they said, sometimes we might sign somebody if the opportunity is there, because if we leave it six months and everyone else has come in, we won't get them. You know, that would have happened probably for Ivan Tony if we didn't sign him at the time. You know, there's a few other players. So yes, that may happen, where we may sign a player to try and get him in before somebody else gets them. But if that doesn't happen, I can see us probably maybe trying to bring in a couple of loan players to kind of keep our head above the water over the next um, few months. I th- you can only have two loan, maximum two loan players, I think, in the Premier League um, at any one time. So we've already got Mopé. So, 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 so that gives us one so, more. That gives us one more. I mean, I, I might have that wrong, but I, but I, that's my recollection. I've just Googled it and it seems to back that up. So... Someone can shout on um, Twitter if they want to say I've got that wrong, but I, I think that is that you know. So 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 they're a sort of thin. Uh, having a lot of players injured is a real problem, and in a way, at least if a couple of them were injured for the rest of the season, you'd know where you are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But but yeah. but these play- all these players are coming back February, March. I don't know if any are coming back in January. Don't forget, of course, there's the African Nations Cup. So on Yeka Wisa, there's the Asian Cup. Godos. That's three more players that we're going to lose from, as, I, as best I understand it. I don't know if squads have been announced, but I, and I'm not really sure about Godos, but 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 Iran are playing in it. Um, so that's three players we're going to lose for January and part of February, like likely maybe two. Um, so that, there's that as well. So there's 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 a lot of sort of balance in the books. It's almost like a financial book, isn't it? That you've got to balance somehow and work out how you're going to have a squad of 16 for every game. Certainly, yeah. some sort of spreadsheet activity is taking place down at Jersey Road by the looks yeah. of it. But yeah, you know, we we have to work within those constraints, and you know, there. I hear what you say, Bill, about them looking at the you know the the likelihood, the, the you know the odds of us going down. But um, we have to we we have to we have to bring in 
some faces. You know, if we've only got one lonely, um, assume, you know, more plays, we're not going to send him back. Um, I can't see that happening. So we've got one to play with. Um, we, we have to get rid of Charlie Good at some stage. I, you know, I know where everyone's been ever so kind to him, but I, I really got no idea why he's still at the club. Um, and um, we, we have to make sure that, that, that everyone that's on in that match day squad, that first team squad now is is able to to contribute something. And um, I don't think there's a I I, there doesn't seem to be a um, um, a failure in our style of play, our intensity, uh, the spirit out on the pitch are giving us their all. Um, we're still create even when we're losing, we're creating really good chances. So there's nothing with my eyes. I'm seeing the alarm bells are going off, but obviously. You know, it's only human nature to look over your shoulder and see that what we thought were three absolute certs for relegation making a fight of it. Now, I, 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 we're only going to get better. That, that, that's my that's my opinion. You know, it, this is this is the worst it gets for us because we are we are literally plucking people out of the crowd almost now to to play play games so you know that that will improve in january it, it cannot get worse we can we can't we can't have less fit players at the end of january than we've got now so i think i think we will it's going to be tighter than we hoped and tighter than we thought but we're going to be all right ladies picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mc delivery now on the mcdonald's app there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This we're going to be all right. It goes, yeah, this is, of course we are. Of course yeah. we are. This is clipped. And uh, yeah, let's know. Like I said, we always try and keep glass half Oh, here on Besotted, like you were saying, especially after the Christmas period where our glasses were half full for most of the Christmas period, as you said, especially after that Wolverhampton Wanderers game. <laughs> it had to be all half full all day. We were out with Paul Buckle. Big shout out to Paul Buckle, ex-Brentford player as well. We were out with him at the Ted Lasso pub in Richmond beforehand with him and his American posse from Sacramento. Right, good laugh. Say hello to the Buckle. Um, he's, a, he's a big Bees fan and he's going to be out in Nashville as well, which we were thinking of maybe going out to uh, Bees fans from America listen out there we might do we'll see how it goes but anyway we should move on from that because tell you something talking about Nashville um which is a country music and a music place as well we've got a man who loves his music we've got JB who likes his facts and he likes his funk he's going to give us some post Boxing Day plus one facts and funk Hello, Jonathan Virtual back again. This Christmas, you could have watched the 1% Club on TV. In keeping with this theme, we conceded three goals in the first half of our Christmas match with Wolves. For us to go in at half-time, with the opposition having scored at least three in a home league game, 
puts that into the 1% club of our results in our 96-year league history. In all those 27 games, there has never been a dramatic comeback, as we've gone on to lose 23 and manage just three draws from that position. Our game with Wolves was originally scheduled for Boxing Day, but moved as our visitors had played Chelsea on Christmas Eve. Whilst we played regularly on Christmas Day up until 1958, we'd only never had seven games on the 24th of December, six before 1960 and a 4-3 defeat to Wimbledon in 1983. That game was originally moved from Boxing Day to Christmas Day, but ultimately switched again, this time to Christmas Eve, after supporter feedback. We will reach the halfway point of our Premier League season after the game with Crystal Palace. With 18 played, we have 19 points. And so whatever happens on Saturday, with 50% of the games played, we will have reached an average of at least a point a game. Over the past decade, that average, over the season, has been sufficient to maintain a place in the Premier League for another year. There you go, JB's facts and his funk. And talking about funk, we're looking down at South East London, funky zone, Crystal Palace. It's a it's a it's a ground which is I think it's interesting, an interesting ground for for bees fans. It's uh it's interesting because I'm down here in Brighton and I'm actually looking forward to going to up to Palace because it's going to be easier for me to get here from Brighton than it is for me to get down there from London because it's uh, it's not the easiest place to get to as well. And like I said, the drinking options are fairly limited, but we think we've maybe found a, a couple of places to go, which is all good. But um yeah, listen, we're going to like I said, we get to Palace and we are. We, we, we need some points so it could be quite fiery because they also need points i know the palace fans are saying like you know they they could find themselves in the relegation zone they're feeling the way that they're playing they're in two minds about roy hodgson some of them think that you know at the end of the day they haven't been you know they haven't been adventurous enough when they've actually chosen their next manager um so they've gone for the same old same old and now they're sort of back in the old grind so it could be quite an interesting little battle that one crystal palace laney looking forward to it no I'm really not. Um, I, I think the, um, the defeats are going to continue, I'm afraid. Um, it's, it, we have to just get this one out of the way. Um, I'm, I don't enjoy going there. It's a, it's a, it's a schlep. It's, uh, it shouldn't be, but it's, it's a difficult one to get to by public transport. And um, the, as, you, as you said, the drinking, um, it, we, we've, we've found some good pubs. Well, that's a really research and travel even further, I feel, to find them. Um, it was with the Allard before the one, the last game. Um, where were we, Matt? Where was uh, that? Uh, that? That was um, Peckham, I think. Peckham, but, yeah. But, but, yeah so, but those, those yeah. trains aren't running this, this They're not running, um, no. over Christmas. So. so I think it's going to be a Clapham Junction and then straight to the straight to the game one for me, I think. But there you go. But no, I, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, but that doesn't mean anything, does it? You know, we're just, they're, on a, they're on a stinky form, a stinky running form. We're, we're, you know, we're, we've, we've, we've spoken about our own problems. Um, I'll, I'll take a point and I'd, I'd, I'd like come back, come back west with a point tucked under my arm and I'll be fairly, fairly happy with that. But, you know, we're capable of going there and winning it if things go our way as well. So, uh, you know, um, Roy Hudson's under pressure. Um, our team's under a bit of pressure. Um, something's got to give, so it's got nil-nil written all over it. <laughs> yeah, it's got nil-nil. So listen, listen, let's go over to Palace. Let's go and find out what the Palace fans have got to say. We're going to speak to Neil the McSteen. McSteen, he's going to give us the lowdown on Crystal Palace. So, South East London trip on the cards. We're going down to Palace on Saturday. Three o'clock kickoff. a rare 
three o'clock kickoff for some, for many. So looking forward to it. The post-Christmas break, the last game of 2023 for both the Bees and Palace before we go to the FA Cup. And then we have a bit of an international, ah, what's to call it? It's a winter break, I think they call it, like you know what I'm saying? And then we get back into it again. So it's a big one for both of these teams, Brentford and Palace. Both need the points, both need the win, both need to get a little bit morale. We thought we'd go over to Palace. We spoke to the, we're going to speak to the McSteen, Neil McSteen in the house. Neil, how are you? I'm good, Billy. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm not too bad, you know. Like I said, we got a good bashing from the Wolverhampton Wanderers the other day. But, you know, you need a bit of a bashing sometimes to uh, to get your tail up. I think we got a bit of a bashing last year. Uh, and a couple of years, a couple of weeks later, we actually beat Man City, you know, up at their place. So, uh, you know, I think we just need a, a little bit of kick up the arse sometimes to get, to get us going. Right, just coming down to Palace, though, I mean, listen, you know, your season this season is not necessarily been going according to plan. I mean, give us a quick summary about your season so far. Are you happy or are you unhappy? Um, I think people are getting unhappy. A couple of weeks ago, it was split 50-50 between those who were kind of happy with Roy and what he was doing and those who were kind of questioning where the new manager's coming from because Roy is pretty much just there waiting, holding the shop until we get the supposed uh, uh, new messiah uh, coming in. And But a couple of, uh, couple of bad results. We should have beaten Brighton, who, for those that don't know, are still our rivals. Um, and we lost... Um, against a really poor Chelsea team um, at Stamford Bridge. Um, sort of a late penalty and a game we probably should have closed out and won as well. And the murmurings against Roy are kind of turning um, to a bit more vocal now. Um, and the season is in danger of turning into a relegation battle, which makes this game on, well, tomorrow, on Saturday, a lot more interesting. None of us really thought this would be a six-pointer. We all thought we'd be kind of pretty safe mid-table. Um, so that's, that's where um, the uh, descent has come from. Um, the season is not turning into the one we thought it would turn into. Yeah, and, and 15th place Palace are at the moment. They've won four, they've lost nine. They have the irony about it is that, you know, we're still sitting one place above you with a game in hand. And uh, we've lost, I think, is it, is it six out of the last seven or five out of the last six? I think it might be six out of the last Something ridiculous like that, you know. We've, we've lost quite a lot of our... Our, our, our last games as well again done the fact so again so we're we're sitting down there and we're probably still not as nervous as you are even though you're sitting below us i mean i know some Brentford fans are a little bit nervous but for us kind of we've been in this situation before you know a couple of seasons ago we hadn't won a game literally for two months in a row and we were sort of kind of dangling in and around this zone but we sort of pulled it around uh, and there's still time to put it around but you talked about roy hodgson though and people to pull it around. I mean, I know that, you know, you got Roy in um, at a stage where, you know, when you sat your manager before, a lot of people weren't too happy, actually, were they? You know, they, you sat the manager, a lot of people are like going, we like the football that he's played, a little bit unfair. Roy coming in, some people were saying, you know, been there, seen it, done it. It's not the most adventurous move for Palace. Where are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, we all we all liked Vieira. Um, he played... He played good football, um, and it was—I hate the phrase—but it was—it was a marquee appointment. You know, we had um, we had a lot of interest because we had uh, Vieira at the helm. Um, Roy coming back in—it felt like a backward step. It felt like, okay, we're going back to someone we know before. Is he going to play the football that we want to see? You know what fans are like. We all think um, we all think our team is the best and deserves the best manager. And um, Roy just felt well. It felt like a step backwards and. But then he came in and he put Eze back in the team and built a midfield around him. And suddenly 
uh, Vieira was forgotten about because Vieira wouldn't play Eze. Um, and Hodgson picked up some, some wins. And start the season, we beat Man United away. And, and you, know, so, you know, I know that's not the biggest result to talk about, you know, after they've lost quite a few of their games at Old Trafford, you know, since. But, you know, suddenly the, um, the doubters went away about Roy. But as I was saying earlier, they've come back now and all the old kind of... Uh, Misgivings about Roy coming out—it's like—is he the right man for the job? Is he, you know, again, people say is he too old for this? You know, do the players like him? Pretty—I think, by all accounts, the players trust him. They—they—they they, they do like him. They respond to what he's doing. But there is that, there is that kind of feeling that is Roy the man to take us forward? Is he the one to kind of attract new signings? You know, all the usual stuff football fans talk about. And yeah, Roy is. Yeah, we we don't want to see him tarnish his legacy. Um, you know, ideally, um, he stays till the end of the season, keeps us up, and then we get that appointment that everyone's happy with. But the way it's going, I think that appointment might happen sooner rather than later. Mm, so, I mean, so, I mean, obviously, you've got Roy at the helm. You've got your Palace players, you know, in place. You know, you lost a few players in the summer as well. You know, you picked up a few players. I mean, in general, are you comfortable with the Palace squad this season? You know, any players exciting you? Who should be doing better? Well, look, we've got exciting players. We've got Eze, we've got Elise, um, and they are, you know, they get the crowd going. You know, they like to go forward. Elise plays especially with a certain sense of freedom um, on the wing. He's just fantastic. And Eze, he's had a couple of quiet games by his standards, but again, he is a fantastic player. And they're the, they're the ones to look out for. In terms of the squad, we are thin. Um, you know, we... <laughs> We'll play Joel Ward at right back when he's available. We'll have Nathaniel Klein um, playing at left back, a guy who nearly quit football. Um, so, yeah, we're quite we're quite stretched at the fullback uh, positions um, up front. Uh, Mateta um, will, is is our only striker. Um, Edward, um, uh, the guy from we signed from Celtic, he's injured at the moment, so we don't have much up front. Um, and then Ayu, um, Jordan Ayu. Um, he just keeps going, you know. He's the most fouled um, player in the Premier League, which us Palace fans we cling to that stat because it shows what he can do. He's he's, he's the non-scoring um, centre forward that we love to play on the wing. If that makes any sort of sense. But, yeah. um, <laughs> so, but he's uh, he's not what he's not one to look out for. Eze and Elise, they're the ones um, to look out for. And of course, um, uh, Gay. Um, Mark Gay, he's he's brilliant in centre back um, position um, as well, and yeah, he's he's one we might lose in the summer if he has a good Euro. So uh, yeah, not too much to look out for in terms of um, apart from Elise and Eze, I would say, and and yeah, the squad is a little bit too thin for our liking. Mm, I mean, talk about thin squads. I mean, I'll talk about that. I mean, you know, you looking at Brentford. And to see, you know, who is there to look out for Brentford. I mean, I've got to emphasise, we, we we talk about it every podcast. We haven't talked about it much this podcast because we can't keep going on about it. But we literally have a full team almost of injuries, you know, and uh, and it's made it tough for us. You know, you know, pretty much our whole defence has been out injured, you know. So we've had to replace the defence with different defenders. And then, then the defender gets um, Ben Mee, then he gets a red card. So then he's not playing as well. So, you know, as you saw against Wolves, we had a very makeshift defence, which obviously didn't do very well especially when they kept giving the ball to the opposition so that they could put the ball in the back of the net. So we're struggling. Ryan and Bumo's out, you know. You know, um, Jensen, well, he's been out for a couple for a few months. He actually came back in, off the bench against Wolverhampton Wanderers, but he's not 100% himself. Collins came in um, off the bench as well, and he actually kind of came and started as well and gave two ball, two goals away against Wolves on, uh, on, on Wednesday night as well. You know, I mean, literally, you know, we've Hickey's out, you know, um, 
Um, Rico Henry's out. You know, we've got, you know, Dan, Damsgaard's been out. You know, he's just come back. I mean, literally, we have got so many injuries. And I know every team has injuries, but it's got to the stage where we're literally picking players out of a hat. You know, so I mean, I'm going to come to you and ask you now, what do you think of the bees in general? And then coming back to you to say, who's going to be your danger person? Um, if you sort of bear in mind that most of the players that you probably think are going to be danger people are not going to play. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, Brentford, it always... You know, I was, I was there at the game um, in August, and it well, was, most of the game that is. Yeah, yeah, m most of the game. I kind of, I kind of left before uh, before I saw the equaliser, and uh, <laughs> um, I left before I saw the equaliser. And um, but again, that was a typical, that was a typical Palace Brentford game, another draw. And look, Palace fans, there is grudging respect for Brentford. Um, again, we. We like your recruitment policy. We like um, the players that you put out on the pitch, and we like what you've done. And again, there is always that it gets thrown about as a why can't Palace be more like Brentford in our recruitment? Why can't we go and identify players? Blah blah blah. And the grass is always greener, isn't it? And um, you know, we forget that we picked up Elise from Reading for not much, and Eze from QPR for not much, and we went out and got um, Decoré who's like our defensive centre midfielder he's injured again talking about injuries we miss him a lot and we picked up Lerma from uh, Bournemouth on a free but again it's like we we do have our successes in the transfer market but I think the Brentford um, the Brentford setup is one we are quite envious of um, and I'm sure you hear this from a lot of uh, um, away fans uh, opposition fans but in terms of who we're kind of scared of again it's yeah it's like who who is going to play I mean Who's the guy who scored the screamer against us? Kevin. Um, and they Wisa, Johan Wisa. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He he's, play? he's playing. Yeah, he's he's playing. Yeah, he likes playing against you. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. And again, it's yeah. That that's who. Yeah, that's who we're going to be looking at, and that's who we're going to have to stop. And and again, we know Brentford are. Let's just say robust in the tackle as well. And uh, you know, Anderson will need to be at his. Uh, I know you love our centre-back, uh, Anderson. He'll need to be at his uh, canniest, let's just say that, <laughs> playing against Brentford. But, but there is one player, actually, who's obviously going to want to pull out a little bit of a, a little bit of a revenge against yourselves as well, the ex-Brighton player and the ex-Brentford player, Neil Malpay, as well, who you absolutely no, you know love. What? I know you love him. I, I, was, I was trying to forget about him, and uh, Neil Malpay is... He is going to get absolute dogs abuse if he plays. Um, he... He's the one we love to hate, and especially obviously against Villa, that was just again the pantomime villain. If he if he starts pulling off stuff like that, that would be, yeah. I, but he loves it though, doesn't he? I think he's he's one of those players. He's like he's like your Zaha. He kind of thrives on that a little bit. I feel. And if he scores at the Holmesdale end and starts cupping his ears and shushing the crowd, that is yeah, he. Oh. There's always one player you don't want to score against you. Neil Mope is uh, that guy, but he won't start, will he? I know. He started up against Wolverhampton Wanderers, and uh, the, the jury was out. Let's just say we love, we absolutely love Malpe. He, he he bleeds red and red and white. You know, he really does. He's a proper Brentford. He went off to Brighton for a little bit, and he went off to Everton for a little bit. But those weren't his real homes. Brentford is his real home, and we've kind of brought him home, and we've made him feel more comfortable. And he does love being there. We've realised that, you know, he we've we've gone up a couple of grades since he left us. Let's just put it that way. And uh, he's a particular type of player. But I also think that he can step up a gear against certain teams. And I think against Leeds United, he absolutely loves playing against Leeds. He winds them up something good and proper. And also, I think Crystal Palace, we're hoping that will give us something to give us a bit of cheer. Because the last few games, 
um, or last quite a few games, there's quite a lot of games we've had no cheer about those. So uh, we look forward to seeing Malpe wind you right up, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> now you said it, he's bound to score, and it's like the only thing I can hope for is he is like you lot score too early, and um, and then just gives us time to get back into the game. So uh, yeah, yeah, nil Malpe, yeah, yeah, public enemy number one for us. Yeah. Yeah, so talking about us scoring early and then, you know, you not getting back into the game, how do you think the game's going to pan out against Brentford? I think, look, I went to Chelsea away and you know, we, we started that game on the front foot and, you know, the away following was good. And again, look, if we're at home, we're going to be expected to go forward. We're going to be expected to, to attack. But, but Roy's too canny for that. And if, if we... If we give up a lot of possession to, to Brentford, which we probably will, then the crowd might start getting on the back of the players and start getting fidgety and all the rest of it. It, it just depends. I think if we start with a lot of the ball, get a couple of early chances, the crowd gets up for it. And yeah, the, the kickoff time makes a difference as well. Three o'clock on a Saturday, I think people will be up for it. I think if we can start getting those chances away and get Elise on the ball down the wing... Um, then I think we'll be all right. But if we allow Brentford to kind of have possession, get in the game, frustrate us, then then you might see the crowd turn a little bit. Um, I think there will be goals. I definitely think that. Um, and I think it just depends on the ref as well. If the ref um, starts dishing out the yellow cards, and you know that could that could make a difference. Or if the ref lets the game flow. So personally, I think we'll be nil nil at half time, and then there'll be a couple of goals in the second half. Um, and it either be a 2 nil or a one all. That's kind of where I'm thinking this game will go. OK, so he's got his score prediction which is coming up. Tell you something, I'm just going to ask you one last, one last question before we sort of sign off here as well. Just in general, should have asked you a little bit earlier. I'm just, just, just interesting because obviously like you're in 14 position, which means that you could be in 12th position or 11th position or 10th position, which is all sort of kind of like mid-table. And for, No, you're 15th, sorry, we're 14th position. OK, um, Crystal Palace every season pretty much finishing sort of kind of, you know, 12th or 13th or 14th or 15th. So basically, you're almost like a real mid-table Premier League side. Every season, you don't necessarily, you know, fighting for European place or you're not fighting for relegation. And that happens every year. I'm just asking as a Brentford fan, this is our third season now in the Premier League. And, you know, the novelty has worn off what many you can tell by the, the amount of people that travel to away games, the excitement for away games, also at home matches as well, where tickets become easier to get hold of this season than they have a couple of seasons ago. So things have definitely changed the, the, the climate has changed and this is our third season. You know, if we were in the middle league as long as Crystal Palace were, you know, I'm saying it's sort of 12, 13, 14, 15 seasons, whatever it may be, in the Premier League and you'll continually finish in sort of kind of 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th position. I mean, I'm just wondering, how is it for you, Fanny How do you see how do, your football experience? Is it is it a little bit, you know, magnolia wallpaper or are you still excited? And I'm not no, saying it in a disrespectful way, by the way. I'm just, I'm no, just no, asking. No, 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 no. Of course, no. We talk about this a lot because I like Roy alluded to the fact that we were starting to behave like Charlton fans the other day and kind of getting above our station and wanting, demanding European football. And but when look personally, from my point of view, I love the fact that we're in the Premier League. I don't mind that we finish um, mid-table every season. I see that as a success. You know, we are probably the fifth or sixth biggest team in London. And London isn't even the biggest city in terms of football in, in England, in the Premier League, in terms of trophies won. Um, you know, you kind of, you know, I like the fact that I can go out, I live near the ground, we can go and see world-class players come to Sellers Park and we can produce world-class players and play against those teams week in, week out. It's, 
yeah, some people think we should be doing more. Um, but then the Premier League is pretty democratic. You get out of it what you spend. And, you know, you look at the table every year of wages um, compared to um, league position um, finishes. If you spend more on wages, you finish higher up the league. But then a club of our size, we can't spend more on wages. And, you know, again, it might sound a little bit kind of, oh, you should be, you know, trying to get into Europe. You should be trying to do that. And plenty of people have said, look at teams that have come up and got into Europe, like Brighton, you know, Southampton had their European run. There's plenty of teams that have had their um, their runs in Europe. And people look at West Ham as well. But, like, we're not as big as those clubs. We don't spend as much. We're doing what we can in the Premier League. Yes, we've got we've got owners who, you know, own NFL teams, who own teams in France, who own teams in Brazil, who yeah. own basketball teams. And, of course, they could spend more. But then, you know, where would that leave us? You know, we, you know, the ground, unfortunately, the economics of football, as you've seen with Everton, um, you need that ground. And if you get it wrong, you get, you get fined or you lose points. So, in answer to your question, be grateful for what you've got. And if you can get into Europe, it's a bonus, but don't demand it. Is uh, yeah, there's there's lessons from Charlton, um, and we definitely don't want to be like Charlton. No, it's definitely going to be like Charlton at all. And uh, so, talking about Charlton, who's down in Division One, do you think Palace are going to get relegated, or do you think they'll be fine? I think we'll be fine. I think we got, I think we got just enough, and I think there's three worse teams than us. And yeah, that's a little bit of a. Um, defeatist way of looking at it but that's the season we're having but I do think as I was saying to you earlier the um, the lack of investment in the squad is kind of coming home um, to kind of bite us a little bit and you know the one example we give when we if you cast your mind back we used to have um, Joel Wald playing at right back he was replaced by Aaron Wambasaka. we sold him to Man United got a nice lot of money for Aaron Wambasaka. Aaron Wambasaka was then replaced by Joel Wald at right back and Joel Ward is still our first choice right back and again you know credit to Joel Ward for keeping playing but if you want to stay in the Premier League you've got to be able to have a bit more competition and you know in in spots like that it's um yeah we'll do enough I think to stay up but again it's getting um it's getting a little bit creakier um Palace at the moment in terms of our uh, league status let's just say that and Brentford how do you reckon Brentford will stay up. It's like I've got. Look, I'm not just saying that because I'm speaking to you right now. There, you've got enough. There's enough players to come back from injury. You proved you can uh, exist without Tony. Um, and there's three worst teams. You, you know that's that's unfortunately the pragmatic way of looking at it. It's um, again, it's uh, yeah, and it's. I think there's there's nothing like a little bit of uh, rockiness to kind of uh, shake you out of uh, your kind of uh, you know your apathy of just finishing mid table in the uh, Premier League. Enjoy finishing mid table. It's a, it's a lot better than being in a relegation battle. I'll say that much. That's right, Neil. The McSteen. Listen, good chatting to you. Listen, and we're gonna have a little beer, a little beer before the match on Saturday. Look forward to it. Indeed, we are. Take care, Billy. There you go, the McSteen. Yeah, he's always quite chirpy, quite bright, quite up for it. Very happy with his team. Loyal Palace fan. Been to Brentford quite a few times. Always seems to walk out before a goal scored towards the back end of the game. So, uh, you know, let's just invite him down. Loads more. You know, hopefully he'll, he won't see any more Brentford goals when he, when he comes down to Brentford. But the McSteen, yeah, he's, uh, like I said, you're giving us the Palace lowdown. Just looking at where they're good and where they're probably not so good. Palace, good at stealing the ball from the opposition and also very good at protecting the lead where they're not so good at finishing scoring chances, keeping possession of the ball and are very weak at defending 
and gets attacks down the wings, which traditionally would have been a problem for them if we had, you know, you know, um, and Bumo, and then we had Charder, and we had all sorts of characters. But you know, maybe they might be able to cope with this now. But um, but saying that, still, we're I'd say we're still in with a chance because you know they're in a bit of a sticky wicket. We're in a bit of a sticky wicket, and uh, fingers crossed we can get something out of this. The Allard. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think another thing about the Wolves game is that physically um, we're quite small at the moment. You know, KLP, Godosin, um, and, and a few others. It, so, 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 if Palace turns into a battle, and it probably will be because it's two teams not playing particularly well, um, that could go against us too. Um, I don't know how much saying, saying that and sorry to interrupt you yeah. there, the Allard, saying that, you know, they, they, their styles of play, I mean, they like attacking down the right-hand side. They take a lot of shots. They normally have the first, the, the same team every week, there or thereabouts as well, and they are non-aggressive. So for them to be aggressive, you know, I think something's going to have to happen, you know, on the pitch. Maybe Malpe is going to have to wind them up or something like that for it to take to a next level, which is probably quite good for us, isn't it? I don't know. I remember them. I, I don't, I, I recall them being quite physical. I think, I think most, you know, Hodgson teams aren't playing delightful, lovely football are they they're they're, you know they're they're battling their way through it um and um it could be a bit of a battle that luckily well not luckily but we we probably won't even be able to see half of it if the ball's up in the air because i think i'm in row 40 and it's like watching it for a letterbox isn't it a palace um so uh, you know how much of the game we'll be able to see i don't know yeah yeah i mean laney you know i mean this palace match Listen, you know, look, I know it's easy for us to get, you know, down as Bees fans, but don't forget, there's, there's a couple of things. People, all other teams, doesn't matter what team we've got, they do fear us, you know what I'm saying? And also, we do seem to have this sort of tendency to kind of just don't give up. We're not a, we're, you know, it's quite surprising when we go to a game where we see Brentford players just giving up. I mean, we've seen it maybe once or twice recently, but in general, it doesn't matter who the team is. You know, we do, we do give teams a good old battle, and this is probably one of them games where we might actually be able to get something out of that good old battle because uh, maybe it's a little bit more evenly matched than some of the sides we're going to play. Yeah, possibly. I, I, I'm never going to write us off, um, you know. And I, I'm I'm still delighted that we're in the Premier League, and I'm still I'm still vibing from it. We've had awful runs in 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 every division that we've ever played in, and I'd rather have an awful run in this one than than, than in League One. Um, I've just I've just got, gone and got my ticket just to see what row I'm in after the Allard. <laughs> I said he's in for row nine, so I, oh. I might be able to see I might be able to see the action. I might be I might if, depending on how the games go, mate. I swap I might swap tickets with your second <laughs> half. I, don't have to see it. I'm not. I know. What, I know what I'm not doing. I'm not walking out the game um, because there's a lot of Brentford fans that are walking out the game. I have to say, um, very early as well. Yeah, after, after the third goal, I think it was. Yeah, it's. Um, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cast judgment on that. But um, it's. It was. It was. There was a little bit of a fire drill going on, so we can sing that to other teams. But it was a little bit of that going on in the West End. I don't know about other stands, but there you go. Um, so um, yeah. It, um, I've, I've said what I think is going to happen. I, th- I think we're going to lose, but um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to write our team off ever. No, okay, so not writing the team off then. So I'm going to get you to write down your scores, the Allard. Oh, we're going to win two nil. Um, no. because yeah, we're going to. He's going to come up with some funky plan. Um, with I don't know three at the back, KLP and Weiser up front, meet him on the break, and um, yeah, win two nil. Uh, it's all I can offer. Well, <laughs> okay, then Laney. Uh, I'm gonna go three-one Brentford Morpay hat trick. He'll be giving it because the ex-Brighton, he'll be doing a load of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, see, there, there we go. See, what I'm saying you've got. Listen, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all 
yeah, everyone's just positive at the end of the day. I'm going to go. I'm going to go four one to the bees. Actually, so, <laughs> yeah. go on, go on. there you go. See, so, yeah, higher, higher, Five. Not full side. There you go. Yeah, four <laughs> one to the mighty, mighty bees. We don't seem to be able to keep a clean sheet, Flecker. We're not going to talk about Flecker again. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, shame, we're, shame we're going to have to at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to have to talk about him again. We don't want to put the, the guy down as well. But like I said, Jury is is out on him, and we'd I'd just love to see him keep a clean sheet. But I don't think it's going to happen at. Crystal Palace. So anyway, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. As you can hear, the, the waves are crashing in the background as I'm looking at the, the South Pier, the West Pier, which isn't there very much anymore. And I'm looking at the, the Major Pier and that, that that big thing where the stuff goes up in the sky down in Brighton as well. And I think this is all a good sign because, like I said, because I'm in Brighton, I'm, I'm going to bring those Brighton vibes to Crystal Palace on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? And I'll, hopefully the, the Brentford will give them Brighton vibes and they'll actually want to absolutely hammer them just like the Brighton may do. Um, do, do you think that's quite quite a good thing? Do you think I'm, or I'm just trying Yeah, to... no, no. Bring bring the Brighton vibes. You and you and Mope. Mope can, yeah, he can do a seagull or whatever yeah, he scores me, or whatever. And all, and all the South Coast Bees. There's quite a few South Coast Bees calling the South Coast Bees. Lord George Dawes. We've got Lou, Lou, Lord Lucan. All the sort, they're all coming up here all for the South Coast Bees. So we'll all bring the Brighton vibes, actually. Can you bring, can you bring any of their players by any chance <laughs> i'll actually ask them they were, they were obviously busy last night actually giving tottenham a quite, quite good hiding so um maybe they might be at a loose end on saturday so maybe we could actually bring them up and see if they're up for a, for a, for playing a game I'll, I'll ask i'll let you know so anyway so beside pride of west london podcast don't forget to buy us a beer besopti.com forward slash beer don't forget to write a review and send a uh, subscribe on all good podcast channels as well. And like I said to you, we will see you in South East London at the weekend palace. We'll find a little bar. We've got a little bar lined up somewhere. I don't know, somewhere we'll have a few little drinks. We're going to go to come bees. We're going to go to Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. It's Pete the Palace. Let's give them right good bashing. You bees. You bees. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.